Thank you for reading. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is David, one of the ministers here, and uh, great to be with you, gathered by God. And I was thinking during the week, uh, how wonderful is this time that we have together to hear God's word uh, and to look at it together uh, as he works in us by his spirit. I think it's wonderful, and uh, I hope you enjoy it as well and uh, are built up by it. So let's pray God will do that work. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for gathering us. We thank you uh, for speaking to us by your word, and we thank you for the gift of the Spirit that helps us to see the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, to believe in him, uh, to love him, uh, and to live transformed lives for his glory. I uh, pray you're working us today as we hear your word. And pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, now, one of the things, sorry if you're hearing about COVID, sorry if you're sick of hearing about COVID, but uh, I think one of the things that COVID has really affected uh, over the past couple of years, and you might have seen this in the media and things, is it's affected our, our volunteering, like as a nation. Um, there's some stats saying that 2.3 million less people are volunteering now than they did two years ago. And that's a result of COVID. Uh, it, it appears that the main kind of reason this is happening is because uh, when life gets busy and stressful and you're looking just for a little, little room, a little space in your life to recover, uh, it's one of the first things that goes. It's one of the extras that you stop doing is volunteering. Now, likewise, uh, COVID has had a, a similar kind of effect on volunteering at church. Right now, uh, first of all, I'm encouraged, you should be too. Uh, there are lots of people serving here among, uh, among us here at church, over 100 people serving in so many different ways, big, small, various roles all the way across our church. That is great. Uh, but at the moment, we too are experiencing uh, something like a serving stagnation is what I'll call it. And it's like, you know, the river of service is not flowing and growing the way we would, we'd want it to be and hope it would be, uh, but it's kind of, kind of pooling and, and shrinking a little. Now, you know, for example, I had a look through last year's serving book, Serving 2022, and ministries like Jump and Jive, uh, the Blue Room and the student growth groups are actually running with just, just a bare minimum of people to keep them going. Uh, things like Just Moved In, Brecky Co and The Door Knocking have either stopped or are sort of nearing uh, the point where we can't do them anymore. And we even have uh, people who are really willing to read the Bible with someone else, but we struggle to find someone who is available and willing to read the Bible with them. Now, I know and you know a lot of complex reasons for why this is the case, but I think the thing that I just want to point out uh, that, that should just worry us a little, cause us to pause, is when the behaviour of, of God's people in the church uh, is very similar or reflects the behaviours of the world around us. Uh, it should worry us because we know Christians are transformed people. Right? We know we are, we are those who live in the world but we're not like the world around us because we are people who know God and we know his plans for the world. Right? That has a, a massive effect upon us. Right? We know, like we heard last week, if you hear last week, we know the most important thing happening in the world today is God is giving new life to lost people through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we know God has made us co-workers in his mission to see that happen. Right? So we have this great, motivation uh, to serve together on God's mission. But maybe at this time, 
you're feeling a little bit of that serving stagnation. Uh, you're, you're tired. You've got a bit less time on your hands. Maybe you're just feeling unmotivated. But at the same time, if you're a believer, you're probably feeling that tension where you, you know God has good work for you to do. Uh, God has work that's going to last for eternity and help people know Jesus and grow in him. So you're feeling that tension at the moment. Right, so, so what is it? This is the question for today. What is it that is going to motivate us to be serving together on God's mission? And not just that, but what is going to then sustain us in that serving together as we do that? Well, the answer is, if we look to ourselves and our own strength, we cannot do it. We need to be transformed by God. So that's what we're looking at today as we're jumping into Romans chapter 12. Uh, like Roger said, week two of our vision series, looking at God's power to transform us uh, to live this way. And so as we're looking at Romans 12 here today, uh, I, I can see that Paul gives us three ways uh, to think about uh, how God transforms us and the transformed life that we live. And we're going to look at it in this way, this is the outline. Uh, we look at it upwardly to the mercy of God in verse 1. We look at it inwardly uh, through the power of the Spirit in verse 2. Uh, and then that turns us outward to the body of Christ in verses 3 to 8. So please, if you've got your Bibles, have them open. I can see Lani's... Oh, that's not a Bible. That's okay. Got a book open. That's good, Lani. Have your Bibles open and uh, turn to Romans 12. We'll be looking at that together. And so the first way to think about the transform life is upwards. Uh, so have a look at verse 1. Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. So anytime you see that word therefore, what should you do? Ask, what is the therefore? Therefore. More people should know that. Come on, let's go. What is the therefore, therefore? So, well, this is chapter 12. Chapters 1 to 11, Paul has been teaching the gospel. Okay, and here he, he calls it God's mercy, right, in view of God's mercy. Uh, because what we see in the gospel is God acting in mercy toward us. Right? God, God taking pity upon us in our wretched state. That is that we were slaves to sin and death and under the wrath of God facing eternal judgment. God had mercy upon us. And Paul has shown how God had mercy upon us, what that means. Uh, it means that we're justified by faith. We're counted righteous before God. We know there is no condemnation for those in Christ. Uh, we have been united with Christ through faith and that means we know nothing is going to separate us from the love of Jesus. Uh, we're also filled by the Spirit, um, which means we're adopted as sons and daughters of God, not just now, but for eternity. And so we, we, have, we know the mercy of God in the gospel. Right? And it's not because we have deserved this or we have earned this by our strength, but it's because God had mercy upon us. Right? That is the gospel. And so then Paul says, okay, now in view of God's mercy, Paul urges, have, have the right response to God's mercy. In view of the mercy, have the right response. And so this is the response. He says there, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Right, so, so sacrifice, uh, Paul brings to mind that picture of the animal sacrifice being brought to the temple in the worship of God. Uh, this, was, this is one of the ways people would, would show their devotion to God and worship him. 
how they would thank him and praise him and serve him and honour him as God. And Paul says here, what is the sacrifice here? It's not an animal, but it's our bodies. He's saying it's it's us, it's ourselves. It, It is all that we are is given in sacrifice to God. Right, and he gives us three words so we can think about what this means. Uh, living, holy, pleasing to God. Right, so we are, we're a living sacrifice. Not just one-off, but it's, it's continual. It is ongoing. It is a daily thing that we do. And we are a holy sacrifice, which means that we're set apart for the purposes of God. We don't serve our own purposes. Uh, we exist to serve God's purposes. And then we are a sacrifice pleasing to God, or that is that, that our aim is that we be pleasing to God. We don't please ourselves, we want to please God in the way that we live. So put it all together, and I think what we're seeing here is, is the right response to God's mercy is for your life to be wholly and totally devoted to God. Have you heard that saying, uh, what goes up must come down? Yeah. We've heard that saying. Well, this is kind of the opposite. It is what comes down must go up. Okay, so God's mercy comes down upon us and toward us, and what goes up is our worship of God. Right, that is how it ought to be. And Paul shows us that in, in the final little sentence of this verse where he says, this is your true and proper worship. In other words, he's saying this is like, this is a rational response to God's mercy. Right, so like when you consider everything that God has done for us, this response makes sense, that you give your whole life to God, who has shown such mercy to you. And as, as you think about that, um, you sort of think, well, I'm not doing too well at being a, a totally devoted person to God. I'm not doing that perfectly. Uh, but that's why, as God's people, we always remember God's mercy first. Uh, His mercy comes upon us when we were still sinners and our lives are lived in response to that. Not to earn his mercy and his love, but in response to the mercy he has shown us. And so by God's grace, knowing that, even though we will fail and we will fall short, uh, we know we can begin to live a life that is pleasing to God because of his mercy upon us. We know that we are people being transformed to live that life, and we're heading in that direction together. And that's in view of God's mercy. So that's the first way that we think about the transformed life, is is upward to God. Uh, But then we're encouraged to think about it also inwardly. right? And this is our second way to think about it, uh, the power of the Spirit within us. And so verse 2 then, Paul uh, turns to this, and he does it by holding up two ways to live for us. So he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. All right, so firstly, the, the negative, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Now, being conformed, it's like being, you know, it's talking about being shaped in a mould, you know, like Play-Doh kind of being pressed into the cookie cutter uh, to fit inside it. Right? And in this case, uh, the mould is the world. Right? And the world, what does that mean? Well, it's, it's the collective attitude and behaviours of unbelievers. If you look at Romans, Romans chapter 1, this is people that suppress the truth about God. 
Right? You know, all those things we read in Revelation 21, you know, about what's to come in the future, that, they don't believe that. That's not going to happen. Right? They, this is the way the world lives. They live as if there's no creator, uh, that there's no Lord, that there is no judge, that there is no eternity. Right? It's living as if this world is all there is. Uh, that's the way the world lives. And what we're seeing here with Paul's uh, urging not to be conformed, we can see the world actually exerts this force upon people uh, that live in it and among it. They're always exerting this conforming force upon us. Uh, kind of like gravity, you know how gravity is always pulling you down to the earth? Uh, well, the world is always pulling us away from the worship of our creator uh, to worship and serve the created things, or just to live for those temporary pleasures and just not think about God, or just to eat and drink and be merry in this life. And don't worry about God. That, that's the conforming force of the world upon us. And so Paul urges them, he says, do not be conformed to the world. Don't allow that to happen. But instead, and here's the second way to live, uh, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, what does that mean? Well, we, sh we should hear that word transformed and think that is a massive change. That is a radical change that's going to occur. Um, the same word is used in the Gospels when Jesus is transfigured. Do you know that part of the Gospels? Jesus on the Mount did a few weeks ago. Uh, that's the word used when Jesus is, is like glowing, radiant and white. Uh, he is being transformed. And now uh, the same thing is happening for us, not obviously externally. I can't see anyone glowing right now. No, that's true. Uh, but it's happening internally. It's an inward renewal. Right? It's a renewing of the mind that Paul tells us there. Uh, so, so what does that renewing of the mind mean? Well, Paul doesn't give much explanation, but if you look at another part of his writing in Titus, uh, we can kind of see what he's talking about here. So in Titus 3.5, he uses the same word when he says, God saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. And so we can see there that the, the renewal of our mind is by the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he is the one that renews our minds. And, you know, as we think about this, it's not just like an intellectual thing that is happening. Uh, it's actually, it's, it's bigger than that. It's a renewal of the way we see the world, the way we see God, the way that we, we live in the world. It's a huge change. It's kind of like, I'm a big fan of, you know, The Matrix. Sorry if you haven't seen The Matrix, uh, but it's like when Neo wakes up from The Matrix. He can see the world differently. Okay, he realises that, that the world he thought existed is actually so different. And that's what it's like to have your mind renewed by the Spirit uh, he opens our eyes to see the true reality of God and our world. Right? And, and the purpose of the renewed mind is what we see next. The purpose of having our minds renewed this way is that we will know and we will do the will of God. So have a look there, uh, the last little section. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So we, we know God's will because he's revealed it in the Bible, in his word, and it's the spirit that helps us to see that, uh, to understand it, to believe it, and, and to do it. 
Right? It's, it's through the Spirit that we can know the will of God and, and be empowered to do the will of God. Right? And that is the purpose of the Spirit's work, renewing our minds. Right? So we can live then as those sacrifices devoted to God. Right? Through the Spirit we can be those people who, who resist being conformed to the world and are instead those who are transformed to live God's way. Right? To be more and more conformed to the image of Christ right? and not the world. And so that is the inward transformation that God does uh, through the Spirit. And then that leads us to the third way to think about how God is transforming us, and that is outwardly, outward to uh, the body of Christ. So if you do have your Bibles, this would be a great time to be looking at them because there's been no verses on the screen. Uh, but in verses 3 to 8, Paul shows us here the result of the first couple of things. Right? So knowing the mercy of God, being transformed by the power of the Spirit, right, that is going to turn us outward to serve the body of Christ, okay, the church. So have a look at verse 3 with me. Uh, and this begins, this transformation begins with how we're going to think about ourselves. So verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So, so, so the renewed mind means we're going to think about ourselves differently. Right? We're going to think, what does it say there? With sober judgment. Now, to understand what that means, uh, it's, that, it's the same kind of word Luke uses in the gospel when, you remember the demon-possessed man who was just like out of control and then he gets transformed by Jesus and then he's sitting with Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Okay, that's, 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 that's that same word he's using there, the sober judgment. So it's talking about like a, a self-controlled, clear, right thinking about ourselves. And so that means as we think about ourselves, we don't be sort of thinking too highly of ourselves or, or more highly than we ought to think. Like thinking with, that we are better than we are or thinking that we deserve more than what we're getting or just thinking generally about ourselves too much. But it's going to be thinking that is more in line with who we are in Christ. Okay, so we're going to be people that stop thinking about ourselves individually uh, and start thinking about ourselves as members of the body of Christ. Uh, that's going to shape our thinking. And Paul goes on to give a little illustration here in, in verse 4 as we think about this. He says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. And so this is how we are to think about ourselves as members of the body of Christ, like like a body, right? So just like, you know, we have a body uh, and it has many members, like hands and eyes and feet and things like that, uh, doing different things, different functions, but all part of the one body. Okay, that's, that's how we're going to be thinking about the church. That is what the church is like. The church is one body in Christ, Right, but the members, you and me and the people next to you, uh, have different things to do in the body, different ways to serve the body. Right, and what are those ways? Well, Paul gives some examples here as he goes on. Um, 
He shows how God gives each member of the body a gift to serve the body. That's what you notice as you read through this. Uh, try and notice uh, what I'm emphasising and then we'll see uh, what he's saying here. So, so Paul says here we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us and if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So can you see, can you see the important thing that is, is pointing out there is that when God gives a gift to his people, the purpose is that they use the gift to serve his people. Right? You know, don't think about God's gifts like, a, like a, a present that you get, that you sort of keep in the box and keep it in mint condition, put on the shelf, gathers dust, show it off when people come over. It's not that kind of gift. Right? It, it is a gift that is meant to be taken out of the box and used and scratched and effective for helping and serving other people. Right? So whatever gift, whatever ways God has equipped you, use that to serve the body of Christ, your brothers and sisters. Right, so this, this is how a mind that is transformed by the Holy Spirit is going to see itself. Right, it's not that I am purely an individual, just concerned for myself, but we're going to see ourselves as a member of the body of Christ, equipped by God to serve my brothers and sisters for their growth in Christ. So this here is what we've seen today. This is God's power to transform us upwardly in the knowledge of his mercy and our response to that, inwardly by the renewal of the Holy Spirit and the word of God, and then finally outwardly as we serve uh, one another. Now, as we're thinking then about, you know, if we are those people who are suffering with the serving stagnation, right, this is wonderful motivation for us. This is the kind of thing that will sustain our service together. And so if you're not feeling that way, that is good, uh, but, but keep listening because maybe you will one day uh, and you want to come back here. So as we finish, I just want to address some specific application for different groups among us because uh, we're all at different stages in our serving. Uh, we try and show that in our serving uh, pathway, which is in your booklet. We'll look at a bit later. Now, and you can see there, put yourself somewhere along here, uh, some of us are not yet serving, some are first-time servers, some are more regular servers, and then there's those extended servers among us. I just want to give some application to each uh, groups as we're finishing here. So first, to those extended servers among us, uh, I thank God for you. It is so encouraging to see the way you give yourself for the gospel in service. Uh, but I'll bet you're probably a little bit tired. Uh, you probably get exhausted. Right? You probably do turn inward a bit sometimes as you're doing it and, and sort of forget why you're doing it. Now, if, if that is you, uh, remember this. Uh, re refresh yourself in the mercy of God. Refresh yourself in the mercy of God. Uh, for you remember God's great love for us when we were sinners. Remember that you've been reconciled to God through the death of his son. 
right, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God that is ours by grace. Right, that's what's going to motivate, that's what's going to sustain you in your service is that regular upward look to the mercy of God in the gospel. Now, for those who are regular and first-time servers, kind of group those two together. Uh, first, I praise God for you, right, for taking that step, uh, for recognising, uh, for serving, uh, for, for doing that for others. That's a great thing to do. Now, the challenge for people in those groups is, is to do so more and more, right, to, to continue to be those people who are transformed uh, by the power of the Spirit into the image of Christ uh, to serve others more and more as you worship God. And I think the real challenge for people in that kind of space uh, is just really how you use your time. Right? So, so you've got to keep thinking about how you use your time, right? Don't let your calendar be conformed to the world. Right? Don't let your priorities be the same as the world around you. Right? Don't let those activities that you do be just like everyone else because you've got a different purpose in your life. You have a different knowledge, a different reason for living. Right, so keep examining how you spend your time uh, and, and keep thinking about what is, what is best? How can I best serve the Lord? How can I be doing those things that will last for eternity? And finally, for those not yet serving, now you might be here for a couple of reasons. You might be there because you're a new Christian and you're just learning about this stuff. That's okay. Uh, we can talk about that. Or you might be there because you've been a Christian for a while, but for whatever reason, you've stopped. You've stopped serving. Served in the past, but have stopped. And that could be for a number of reasons. Maybe you're burnt out. Maybe you had a bad experience. Uh, or maybe you just don't see the need. Or maybe it's just dropped off because you are feeling you need more space in your life at the moment. Whatever it is, whatever you're there for, we need to hear this today from the Word of God. Your body needs you. Your brothers and sisters in Christ need you to serve them. The world needs you to serve them. The world needs you to shine the light of the gospel so they can know Jesus. And remember this, God has given you a gift. He has equipped you to serve. So use that gift to serve God and to love your brothers and sisters. And finally, just as, as last thing, as we're finishing it, for all of us, right here again, the urgent appeal of God through the apostle by the Holy Spirit in this part of the Bible. Whatever you do, do not be conformed to the world around you. Right? Because that is always going to be pulling and pressing and trying to conform you to, to its way of living. Right? But we have a different reason to live, a different motivation, a different goal. Right? So be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God, to be the person that he has created you to be. Right? And not just, not just for a day or a week or a season, uh, but to do that for a lifetime. Right, this is God's power to transform us. Right? The knowledge of his mercy in the gospel, the power of his spirit, right? and the people around us that he's given us to serve and that serve us. Right, that is how God transforms us. 
And let's pray now that he would do that work in us. We might live lives that are pleasing to him and pleasing in his sight. So let's pray together for God to do that work. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your mercy toward us that we have come to understand in the gospel. And Father, enable us, we pray, to present our lives as a sacrifice to you, holy and pleasing in your sight. And we thank you for the gift of your spirit and pray that you would renew our minds so that we might know your will, we might do it, we might be great lights in the world for your glory. Father, we pray, transform us to the pattern of Christ so we might love and serve our brothers and sisters and see them grow in their knowledge and love for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.